Hey everyone, my name is Yara, and you're listening to the Daydream Rose podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for all your beautiful feedback. I have another interview today. I spoke to the wonderful Gina, who is also a tarot reader, and we spoke about working with the cards and archetypes and really kind of geeked out a little bit. She shared a lot of her ideas and concepts and projects that she currently is working on. For example, the tower maps that she um, has been talking about a little bit already on Instagram that are super exciting. And so yeah, I really hope you'll enjoy this episode and get something out of it too. It seems to be that June is a month of tarot interviews. The last one was with Nancy Intonucci, so if you are into the tarot but you haven't listened to that one yet, then you might enjoy that one too. I'm just so glad I get to do this work and have these conversations. I have another cool interview coming out next week, so there's a slightly faster pace with new episodes at the moment because everyone is just doing such cool stuff and I want to talk about it. Anyway, I have a few announcements before we start. Um, the first one is that the theme for the magic of embodiment this month is uh, courage, which I need a lot about. Of uh, <laughs> I need a lot of courage is what I'm trying to say. And so I thought, well, maybe some of you do too. Um, so I put together a really cool package of tarot spreads and recipes and journaling practices and movement and ritual ideas um, that you can check out. It's accessible to all Patreons, so you can pledge. Um, as little as three dollars and get access right away you'll also get access to at this point a really large archive of previous modules that have themes such as being grounded um, protection and boundaries um, we talked about um, faith last month which was really cool as well um, yeah and it's a really cool community that you're going to join as well and you can cancel your pledge anytime if you need to and then also I'm currently running a series of business workshops. Two have already passed but you can still get the recordings and two are coming up. Um, the next one coming up is all about finding your voice and telling stories which I think is something that can be incredibly powerful and beautiful but that can also be sometimes hard to navigate. Um, I've been oversharing on the internet since I was a teenager so about 17 years um, so I have a lot of feelings about this and I'm gonna run a live interactive workshop. Um, then two weeks later I'm running another one on getting organized in your business and really loving spreadsheets which is something that happens to come natural to me but I know isn't necessarily everyone's cup of tea. Um, so I love helping other people love their own spreadsheets, bring colors in, get really organized and again those workshops are also available to all patrons at all levels. And then finally, this is quite big, which is why I'm saving it for last. Um, the DIY Small Business School is going to go into a little bit of a hibernation in July because I have big plans. It's going to evolve into the Embodied Business School, which I know might not sound significant to you, but kind of marks a big transition for me. Um, teaching this school for a year now has been such a joy. I had been teaching web design and branding courses online for two years before I started it last summer, but this was really my attempt at creating a low-cost, community-based, DIY kind of business school where anyone could learn how to start a business online with very little money and groovy tools and good ideas. And 
nothing in that essentially is going to change but I think one thing that I really learned is that it is super hard to show up and really do the work without consistent and accessible support and the accountability of a community. So um, I am expanding and updating the video trainings. I'm creating worksheets for each module to track your progress. And when I'm relaunching, which will happen on um, August 30th on the, on the new moon, um, you'll also get to opt in to weekly journaling prompts if you like. And there will be quarterly in-depth business planning workshops, as well as six interactive workshops a year and monthly group coaching calls to which you can just come and hear stories or bring your own questions and get feedback from myself and the group. So I really hope that this is going to help everyone to move through this learning experience with more ease and grace and to actually make really cool shit happen, which I think could really make a big difference in your life and could, you know, create a really cool, solid business. I've helped so many people build theirs and I'm just really passionate in helping others um, do this in a way that's fun and ethical and doable yeah so when the school relaunches is uh, gonna the price is gonna go up from 11 to 22 dollars a month which i still think is extremely affordable for what you get and this huge course and then all this um community-based stuff and coaching as well and i really think it's all you need in a way in order to start a small business um so it's going to close for enrollment on the 1st of july um, at the moment, you can still become a patron at $11 a month um, for however long you want and get access to the school automatically when it relaunches. But then from August, it's going to be $22. I'm not creating fake scarcity. I just want to be upfront and let you know about that and also kind of explain that it's costing more because I'm putting a lot more into it and because they have, the community and the course has grown in really big ways. And I'm excited about that. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's show. I'm so excited to welcome you to another interview episode. This time I have the wonderful Gina from Incandescent Tarot with me. I've been on the Open Magic podcast as well, if you remember, and it's so beautiful and exciting to return the favor and have a conversation with Gina today because, uh, yeah, I just love her approach to Tarot so much. I love her Instagram. She's just so wonderful to talk to, and I'm just Ooh, I'm just kind of already feeling giggly inside. And so, yeah, I'm really glad. I'm glad, so glad to be speaking to you today. Can you tell us, to begin with, where you are in the world and what nature is like around you? And maybe tell us also about your beautiful studio because I can see it and I'm so sad no one can see it, but it's so gorgeous. I know, <laughs> I'm in like this very special place that I'm still like incredibly surprised to find myself in. Um, my husband and I bought this house like two years ago, and it was the most magical unfolding of circumstances that I feel like really kind of pushed me into believing a lot more in synchronicity and, um, and like higher guidance. Um, but in any case, I'm in Durham, North Carolina right now, and it's really hot because it's summertime already. <laughs> and we've just been pushed into like high 90s humidity, but it feels really like, I don't know, kind of... Um, lazily evocative you know when it gets really hot and you're just like in your body um and i'm in my tarot studio so this is where i do readings and it's probably a little echoey because it's this kind of tall room um that actually used to be a swimming pool the like past owners built it over an outdoor pool and it has really cool energy in here um 
and it's looking out over our pond outside um, that is currently like filled with like very active fish. They like to jump a lot, which is fun to watch. Um, and I can also, I don't know if y'all can hear this, but my pigeon, uh, I just built my pet pigeon a new home outside. So she's in her little aviary right now, talking and having a good time. And yeah, it's a beautiful sunny morning. Um, it feels very hazy and, and mysterious mm. already, so. <sighs> yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I can totally see that. And I'm so glad that we found a way to kind of communicate the space to people as well. There's so much light behind you, which is really beautiful as well. Yeah. It's really bright in here. I was just telling <laughs> Hera before we started that sometimes, you know, when you're wanting to hide or like hermit mm. a little bit, when I come in here, I'm like, oh man, like everyone can see me. I have to be productive and magical. <laughs> motivating uh, technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so you're a tarot reader amongst many any uh, other things and you have a really beautiful story which I'm hoping we'll get into but maybe we can start with how you became a tarot reader and how I would also love to know about the name of your business which is really oh, beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked about that. You're actually the first person to ask about incandescent <laughs> tarot um, and it's funny because it was sort of a retroactive meaning which I actually kind of enjoy you know when you're drawn to something mm. or a word a situation a color and then after you settle on it you sort of parse out the meaning of why you were intuitively drawn to it in the first place um, I just really like the word I love words um, and I did want something that was like more illuminating um, and I love the idea of tarot as something that shed lights sheds light onto your experience mm -hmm. um, and so I settled on that, and then, of course, later I was reading about incandescent light bulbs, <laughs> and I actually found it really fascinating that we, like, phased out of this, um, this first system of lighting that was actually quite gentle and beautiful, um, but, of course, my history is a little rough right now, so I can't wax poetic about <laughs> the history of lighting as related to my business name, um, but that's how it all began. And it's been a fun thing to bring with me and see how it changes as I, as I move through my tarot business. Um, but how I got started as a tarot reader is kind of a funny story. It was not very intentional. Um, I'd been reading for a really long time and it was one of those things that I didn't think of, you know, when you like say like, oh, what am I good at? What do I just do? Mm. Um, and I never thought about tarot like that, even though I'd been practicing it since I was like 12, <laughs> which I feel like is a very popular age for people to get into tarot, you know, that totally. sort of teen angst, you're like questioning everything. Mm -hmm. um, but so I went deep into it then and just always brought it with me. And it wasn't until three years ago um, that I went pro. And the lead up to that was just, I left a business I had started with a friend of mine and was sort of looking around for things to do. And um, my husband knew someone who was starting a tarot bar, Arcana in Durham. And he was like, you should just go and read there. And I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you're like, why not? I haven't mm -hmm. read for a ton of other people, maybe just friends here and there. Um, and so I just kind of jumped in to reading for like six hours at a time at this bar. And I'm not a night owl, so it was a pretty funny decision. <laughs> but I remember the first time I went there, and meeting everyone, all these different types of people, um, and reading the cards for them was just so 
wonderfully like elating and exciting and tender and all the things that I really love most about life. Mm. And so I just kind of went from there and I was like, well, let's just see what happens if I start a business. Um, and so it was this interesting sort of co-path of like both my personal return to like valuing my tarot practice and, and doing that while starting a business as a tarot reader. Uh, so there are a lot of things to, uh, to unpack there, but it was a really fun, almost like extremely intuitive experience where I was just like, I feel pulled in this direction. Let's just see what happens if I follow the little breadcrumbs. Mm, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about your life before the tarot and because I read your about page and I thought it was just so interesting to see the other things that you've been up to and how I feel so often with um, us as tarot readers, it, retrospectively, it seems so clear how it all weaves together and how it all makes sense in the end. And it's such a beautiful place to arrive to. Yeah, I know. It's such an interesting thing to look at your life um, after it started to make a little bit of sense because I feel like in the moment you know usually it's like being in a washing machine mm -hmm. and you're like what is up what is down I'm just in this and I'm going to try and make my way forward as best I can um, and so it's nice now like having the distance to be like oh there is that thread um, it's not a thread I thought would be the unifying connection uh, through this phase in my life um, and I guess to rewind a little bit, you know, I practiced tarot from a very young age. Um, but, you know, back in that time, it was not a very cool thing to do. Um, so I was very closeted about my tarot practice and I didn't share it with anyone. I have friends from high school who are like, I had no clue that you read. <laughs> and like, we totally could have read for each other. Like I was into it too. Um, but when I was younger, I was really... Um, compartmentalizing. So I had like my tarot, tarot, spiritual personality that was just for me. And then outwardly, I was very academically oriented. Mm -hmm. um, so I was basically a huge nerd. We'll just put it straight up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I studied Latin. I was really into the classics and, um, and I was really into traveling. So I spent a lot of time um, basically finding any way I could get out of the country. So mm -hmm. I was early life traveling a lot. And then I settled down um, and I started a business in North Carolina with my college roommate. Um, and so, yeah, going from that sort of academic, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be an anthropology professor, realizing that was not going to suit my personality, then starting a like natural skincare business when I was like 24, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then realizing that that also wasn't my calling. Um, and then coming to tarot, like it was a, I don't know. I, I realized too that like I use a lot of the things that I've learned in those past lives in my tarot practice. So I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, oh, that was a waste. You know, my mm -hmm. degree you know, doesn't inform my life at all. I don't think that's true for anyone, really. Even if you're not using something directly, it's coming through in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's quite the little hodgepodge. Um, <laughs> there's something really like healing to have to find that the rewarding part about tarot and the exploration of tarot. Um, and it's like use as a system that can encompass everything that we do in life has been what's like been the consistent thing that's brought me through all of those experiences and who knows where it's going to go from here. Yeah, totally. That's so true. And I also really feel that even if we're not practicing it professionally or reading for other people, there's always this threat that 
for me, gives me so much comfort and also makes decisions so much easier to make. So I would love to hear a little bit more about as you were navigating all these different things, how have you been reading for yourself and how has your tower practice for yourself changed over time maybe? Oh, this is one of my favorite topics <laughs> because I feel like I, don't know, I, I wax poetic about this a lot because I think a lot of times there's this understanding or conception that tarot is something that we're doing consistently all the time in mm -hmm. this very like almost regimented way, which I mm -hmm. feel like actually is not really in the spirit of tarot. Tarot is like a creative art. It's a spiritual art. It's not, um, you know, some people do tarot spreadsheets for all their readings, which I think is awesome. Um, but it's something that's a lot more fluid. So I've really enjoyed tracking my relationship to tarot. Like when I first started, I loved, <laughs> I was a preteen and an early teen. So I was like extra. And I just did like, and I wasn't going to start with like three card readings. I was like straight to Celtic cross, 10 <laughs> cards minimum. Like <laughs> I'm not going to be chill about this. And uh, so when I was at that age, I read like for myself all the time, like every night after people went to bed, I would do these elaborate readings and like thumb through my books, trying to remember what card meant what thing. And then I read consistently for myself throughout, you know, college, so sort of more like check-in reading, like what's going on. If I needed to make a decision, I would um, take out my cards and do that. And then as soon as I started reading for other people, it became much more of a relational thing. So mm -hmm. connecting with others through the cards, which really I think is like my bread and butter. Like I just, it makes my heart sing. Mm -hmm. There's something so beautiful about it. Um, and so as I've become more, you know, I do this as a job. So I spend so much time with the cards with other people that my personal practice has become a little less frequent. So like every mm -hmm. month. I'll do like a check-in spread for myself. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm actually having fun coming out of my more minimalist phase where I was like, no, let's just, you know, throw some cards down, like it'll be more casual. And now I'm feeling much more in like the saucy, like ritual mode. Mm -hmm. So I have like a newly designated uh, meditation corner um, in my bedroom. And that's where I do my like big elaborate spreads with candles and incense and all the bells and whistles. So it's been fun to tap into that side of myself, which I've, I feel like I've repressed for a while. <laughs> and I was just like ready to come out. It's like, we're going to be very decadent with all of these terror readings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel you on how sometimes our own practices for ourselves can become a little bit more minimal the more we read and hold space and hold ritual for other people because yeah I don't know why but it's just it just seems to be true I feel like sometimes yeah my check-ins with myself also are just one card um almost every day but then this one card becomes so meaningful and deep and like such an anchor and you know however many other cards show up that day in different kinds of readings or contacts or with friends there's always this like one thing to return to and sometimes the simplicity of that is really beautiful too and then other times I'm like no all out like drawing the curtains all the candles the good music you know I want everything and um, it's such a beautiful thing to play with I feel so lucky that we have these tools and get to be playful with them I think that's such a big blessing in life oh man there's so much to touch on there I, I really love when you're saying about like play too because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like we take spirituality tarot magic like there's a whole 
like this sort of penumbra of like seriousness, you know, it's mm -hmm. like we have to be like solemn and like respectful, mm -hmm. but to the point where it's not really authentic. Um, and I, I, you know, I am solemn, respectful a lot of the times, but often I express that through excitement or mm -hmm. engagement um, or a little bit of humor. And I think, you know, too, in my personal practice, when I started playing with tarot more and like, you know, learning the rules and then learning which ones I wanted to break, um, that's when I really got like a much more nuanced understanding of the cards. So it wasn't just like the moon as like, you know, an intense moment of personal searching, but it was like the moon as in like, you maybe it's not a good day to make a decision about, you know, this new job that you're applying for. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like so, so helpful. And you wouldn't get that if you were just doing these like heavy, intense <laughs> Mm -hmm. Deep dives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, like furrowed brow faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I agree. Um, so I'm wondering, is there anything that you wish you had known sooner, or maybe something that you would tell a beginner that's coming to you for advice about where to get started or where to begin? Like, I think a question that I get a lot, this is maybe separate and I'm asking too many things at once, sorry. <laughs> but, but like, how do you choose your first deck? That's so hard. When, like, where do you start? I have a lot of feelings about this, but, but tell, me, tell me what you think. Me too. I, I do a lot of teaching um, and I really love to teach. Um, and it's a really fun exercise you know, to get back into that headspace. I think, you know, as you become really fluent in something, you lose touch with what it's like to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And it's also a really good challenge to be like, well, how do I distill all of this into something mm -hmm. that someone can actually comprehend and work with instead of just be buried in information? Um, one thing that I really wish I had known that I always tell people who are coming to me who want to learn tarot is really embrace and trust your intuition. Um, because I think coming into anything as a beginner is like a really special and exciting place. And oftentimes we want to just breeze by that and become, you know, the like muscular, like <laughs> pro. Um, I'm not muscular, <laughs> spoiler alert. But, <laughs> but that moment when you don't have any baggage or ideas around something um, or, you know, memorized <clears throat> meanings is actually really special and a place that, you know, I wish I could hang out in. Um, but I can't because I've spent all this time learning. So and that being said, you know, having that openness and like embracing the fact that you don't know a lot and using your intuition. So when I started learning, I was, you know, an overachiever, like highly anxious student. And so I brought all of those skills to tarot. They don't really go so well together. And I was like, you know, studying assiduously, trying to memorize everything. And it was kind of stressful. And when I started teaching and reading with other people, seeing clients who had no idea about how tarot work give beautiful interpretations of the cards really opened my eyes to the fact that we know so much already. Um, and in fact, letting that voice guide our tarot journey is so much better than um, than having any sort of top-down rules imposed. Because mm -hmm. um, anyone can read tarot like right now without knowing anything. Um, and that is beautiful and wonderful. And so having fun in that space, I think really makes the process so much more fun and personalized because you're not trying to be something you're not. And you can mm -hmm. always memorize, you know, till the cows come home. So <laughs> there's no rush. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I really want to kind of circle back on this. What you said is that anyone could read 
this moment. Like anyone could pick up a deck or download a free app, you know, whatever is available. And you can just look for the symbols, the colors, the numbers, the pictures, the constellations between these cards, you know, even in like the body language and how they are interacting as you lay them out and turn them. There's so much information, even if you don't know anything about any traditional meaning or interpretation, there's always a way in. And I think the one of the things that is the biggest gift that Tarot gives us, I think that we're learning to trust our own minds. And so really, you know, like, that is, yeah, that's just so beautiful. I feel collectively in, in our culture in this time, that's something that we so need to just kind of see the value in telling our own stories and seeing what's coming up in our bodies. I really love this moment where you're turning the card and you have an instant gut feeling whether this is what you had hoped for or not. And that in itself, I think, is such powerful information. Like I always say that, you know, pay, take a really deep breath before you turn the card and then pay attention to what is happening in your body. And um, I also love giving people permission to disagree with the deck because you see like, this is not what how I feel about this. And so often when that is direction, that's not something that's been in conscious awareness before the reading, if that makes sense. You know, like so so often people come to me and they want to make decisions and we're like, okay, so you know, let's just see what could we ask. Maybe is there something that we're not seeing here? That's a question I always love adding to any reading, like what am I not seeing here? Um and then to kind of become a little bit still and do some breathing and then turn the cards and if there is a like a rejection of like oh no that isn't what i was hoping for actually i want to say yes but this looks like a no that is such good information you know like then you know and you're allowed to disagree and to see it as an invitation to think about maybe is there something that's causing me to hesitate maybe there's a block i need to remove but there's always a sense of like playfulness and wonder that's so exciting that makes me so happy to hear because <laughs> I really feel like in a reading, you know, you're not just getting a sort of like verbatim proclamation of mm -hmm. what's happening. Like it's a collaborative process. You're engaging with the card's meanings. And I think that I totally agree with you that, you know, it's, I think of it like when you ask people for advice um, and I, I do this a lot, like I'm a very headstrong person. So I'll have an idea and maybe it's a little tender and I'm mm. not ready to commit to it yet. So I ask everyone about it. Like, what do you think? And people will, you know, tell me to do something else. And that part of me inside is like, no, I don't want to. But then I'm like, oh, that's important. Like, mm -hmm. I, that the advice is maybe not telling me what to do, but it's telling me what I really want to do. Mm, and I can yeah. see that how I'm reacting to it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think Tarot can do that as well. Um, and I love the directions that Tarot is taking now, that it's going beyond this. Um, strict fortune telling box into a tool for self-discovery that people can use to amplify and better better understand their own intuitive language their own inner voice um, so yeah it's like you can disagree with the cards you can move them around you can see um, use them to envision the future that you want to be walking towards mm -hmm. yeah totally yes <sighs> I love having these conversations because they just always make me feel even more in love with this tool and this community and 
Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I have to say, I really love your website so much. That means it's... so much coming from you because <laughs> you are a website pro. Thank you. Really no, no, it's, well, <laughs> I try. <laughs> no, I really, really love it. I think the colors are so beautiful. I love how it flows and how it's a little bit interactive and just not overwhelming, but very rich. And like, anyway. I'm going to let people have a look for themselves. But what I was going to say is that I saw you developing a new offering called Tarot Maps. And I'm just so people can see, I'm like doing these funny finger movements because I'm so excited. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about that? What's going on there? Yes, I'm like deep in uh, Tarot Map world right now. Mm -hmm. and, um, behind my desk, you can't see this, but I have this like rather insane looking post-it uh, collection. <laughs> and so the tarot maps, I really wanted to make a resource for people around these big topics that come up a lot in life. Mm -hmm. um, and like a map, I want them to be something with which people can navigate these topics. So a resource you can return to again and again to sort of orient yourself. Um, and so I'm doing the one I'm working on right now, which will be the first to launch is on career and calling. So finding out sort of what are the things that you need to do in this life that you're meant mm. to do, what containers they belong in. Um, is it your job? Is it something more personal? Um, and so they're sort of big PDF readings. And I wanted to make them interactive because I really do believe that the cards work best when you engage with them directly. So they're a bit of a hybrid between a tarot reading, a written reading, um, a workbook, and there's also a bunch of exercises and recommendations sprinkled throughout. So you can choose if you want to add different modalities or books or podcast resources to help you along your journey as you're working through career, uh, relationships, intuition, spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm really, I, I don't know, I love developing things that are tools that I want to use. Um, and so I was, I'm having a lot of fun getting into the headspace of like, well, what, what would help me? What would be um, the framework with which I could better understand these meaty questions that are not things that we just, you know, solve and then mm -hmm. put to bed <laughs> and like totally. conjure off knowing yeah. this is my life path. We're done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Constantly like recalibrating. Mm -hmm. And I think tarot gives us a great lens to, to look at those bigger questions and even small actions that really bring us back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's so beautiful also to use written readings as kind of like almost an additional journal. I have a little folder on my computer with every recorded either audio or written reading that I've ever received and they are dated. And so I can totally now see like the patterns that were emerging, the cuts that have come up more often around specific, specific subjects. And also I think just patterns in myself, you know, like there were when I wasn't reading so much for other people yet, I had, there was a time where I had a tarot practice for myself, but then there were these moments where I was like really seeking outside guidance. And I think that is so interesting to trace as well. Like at what time in your life did you reach out to a tarot reader and why? And so I always try to kind of also save the question that I was asking when I was inquiring with that. And yeah, I think that's a completely different 
multi-dimensional thing in addition to reading your old journal and it's so interesting so that's amazing yeah. what kind of patterns did you notice i'm so curious oh gosh um so i think one thing definitely is that around decision making and uh places and homes so in my life homes have always been really important um but i have real commitment issues with places really big time so i have i've grown up in hamburg in germany in the north and then I moved to London when I was 20. Then I lived in Amsterdam, lived in Berlin too for, year, for two years. Then I moved to Brighton. I lived in London and I moved back to Berlin, spent some time in Portugal. And now I'm back in Brighton, but actually I'm leaving next week. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's been really big. And I think I really have gained so much from being in these different environments. But each of these steps, of course, and packing up and everything that a relocation involves is huge. And so those were oftentimes where I was reaching out. And I think the pattern that I see unfolding is that I trust myself more with decisions now, the more I've grown in my own practice. And um, yeah, I think other things I've often reached out around were heartbreak and relationships. Um, and just like seeking comfort and it's beautiful to see that that's coming more and more for myself as well and for my devotion to my own practices um yeah yeah <laughs> so fascinating I love thinking about our like lives as seasons you know like mm. my, what season am I in right in like am I in a more like reclusive wintry hermit mm. mode or am I like in a very like you know sort of creatively engage like spring situation mm -hmm. um and i love thinking too about like as you go through life sort of finding out like what kind of creature you are mm -hmm. um, like buying this house i was like hmm, like i'm a bit more of a nesty burrowy type of creature mm -hmm. than i thought i was you know since i traveled so much when i was younger i was like i have to you know, i never thought that i would live here and like mm -hmm. own a home and like be so settled and like devoted to one place yeah um, and a lot of like, like, you know, tarot, you know, going back to my journals and tarot readings, you know, a lot of those questions were about sort of like, who am I becoming? Like, is this really my path? Like, what's really going on? And reaching out to other people too around those themes. So it's really, mm. I do really love tarot's ability to sort of chart all of the different phases of your life and it is so beautiful when you do record everything and you can mm -hmm. go back and be like oh wow like that was like quite a swordsy time or you know like, <laughs> yes. like, like feeling in cups for a couple months there um, yeah yeah totally that's very true yeah um so you were talking a little bit about this is your second business you have been an entrepreneur before which is very exciting and Obviously, you're also very grounded in your own spirituality. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you feel the journey of being an entrepreneur is informing your spirituality and how spirituality is informing your business. I think that's super interesting to think about as well. Wow, I spend a lot of time thinking about this um, in my own head. So it's really <laughs> fun to talk about it uh, out loud. So you know, pardon me if my, if my thought process is a little wild and tangled but you know it's been an interesting journey because my previous business I really cared about it but it wasn't you know it wasn't a service-based business I was like manufacturing cosmetics out of my kitchen at the time and 
it was really lovely, but I didn't have that like deeper connection to it. And as it grew, it felt very incompatible. Um, I didn't really know why at the time, but I was like, no, this just doesn't fit with me. Um, and then when I started reading tarot, I was really just like kind of hit over the head with like that deep connection of like, oh, I'm doing something really important, both as a service and personally, like it really gratified me um, in a way that I hadn't experienced before. Um, it is a challenge though, to do something like that as a business. And that's been one thing that I consistently have to wrestle with myself over. I definitely haven't reached any sort of conclusion or um, nice handy solution because for me, when I started reading and a lot of my earlier relationship to spirituality, there was a lot of shame around it. So I didn't feel like I had an outlet or that it was necessarily safe to be public um, with my practices and my beliefs and my, my orientations. And so there's been a bit of a, you know, internal struggle over being, you know, like I go to parties, I introduce myself, like I have to practice saying, you know, I'm a tarot reader and, you know, for people who do any work like this and probably are like, yeah, I know the thing. When people are like, oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> like, oh, wow, I'm really having to like flex my muscles of um, standing up for myself and just being, you know, calm and with the path I've chosen. Um, and so that is something that, you know, I've gotten used to the external aspect of it, which has been really cool. I think doing this has really pushed me to own a lot of myself. Um, but it's also fascinating because when you're doing this kind of work, you know, you're in relation with other people so often and you're holding space so much that it's also really pushed me to value my own spiritual practices as a way to ground. Mm -hmm. um, because I do think that is so important um, for everyone, but especially when you are having that sort of energetic output, you have to have something that you can rest on. You have to have energy flowing back into you. Um, and so one thing that we talked about in our podcast episode that has been really, really helpful and I feel like so important for me as a person is like embodiment. Mm. Um, so a lot of my personal spiritual practices are not so tarot based in like the traditional sense, um, but they're very embodied. So like mm. meditation, yoga, like anything I can do to like become in relation with my physical self. Um, and that was something I tried to run away from hardcore when I was younger. <laughs> I was like, me? I don't even have a body. Like, I am a, like pure being living in my head and I am totally rational. And yeah, who needs legs? I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's been really, really me. I think, yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, like, oh, this path is challenging in that, you know, I really have to show up hardcore. Like, I can't hide behind anything. Um, but it's brought me to so many places that are just like priceless. Um, and so that's something that's been really beautiful. It's like, it's all so interwoven. Um, and, you know, you have to really set good boundaries and be super aware of everything that you are both um, giving out and taking in. Mm, yeah, totally. That, that makes so much sense to me. As I was hearing you speak, I also was feeling about thinking about feeling thinking isn't it <laughs> anyway <laughs> Ooh, what I'm trying to say is that it is really easy to forget that there's an outside world out of outside of this Instagram bubble that we're in amongst ourselves and the podcast that we have 
And I also feel like working for yourself, we're home a lot. You know, like I, I assume you work from home as well, right? Yeah. So there's like, we are, we are probably more discerning in how we socialize. Like I'm not forced to socialize in an office every day anymore. Like thank God it, I'm so glad. <laughs> but it also means that I sometimes feel like we're living in this little bubble and it's so easy to forget that going to a dinner party and saying I'm Tarita is actually a weird thing in lots of spaces and that it takes practice to really own that yeah that's so true and and I also think that um I'm queer so um, I mean I can only speak for myself here but I feel that in in the queer communities I'm in also definitely there's a trend towards switchiness but there's also a strong rejection of spirituality and, and religion generally and a, a focus more in the mind and, you know, uh, on really analytically and intellectually analyzing things, which is also beautiful. But to me, it's just one part of a greater picture. And I want to engage in my life f with life f from as many angles as possible. Um, so, yeah, where was I going with this? Yeah, just to say high fives for us, saying what we're doing <laughs> and owning that and I, I think there's been such a move towards really normalizing that, um, but there's still so many areas in which it's really kind of misunderstood or frowned upon. So, yeah. It's been fascinating to, to practice. Um, yeah, that like sort of unapologetic showing up. Mm. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed it because when I was younger, I was a lot more reserved. And then, you know, shocker, I discovered when I was around like 26 after a big breakup that a lot of what I thought about myself was not true at all. And in fact, I'm extremely gregarious and really expressive and, um, and very spiritual. I think circling back to what you're saying too, that, you know, I feel like personally I've, I've gone through all of the phases, you know, or a lot of the phases, there are plenty more, but when I was younger, sort of almost like self amputating being like, okay, no, like I'm a rational person. I mm -hmm. that. I'm an academic um, spirituality is, is not for me. It's, um, sh it's shameful. And then, you know, as I got older, realizing like, mm, but you're doing these things like on the DL, like these are actually really important parts of your life. And so as I became more involved with them and Tara was a part of that, um, Tara was probably my little secret, you know, like gateway drug, you know, it's like, like, oh, these cards are so beautiful, but you know, they don't mean anything. And well, we all know what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then seeing too that, you know, I, I really truly believe that spirituality, um, like tarot, like storytelling, like community are just intrinsically part of the human experience. And because they've been tied up with religion or a lot of harmful institutions um, and violent belief structures that we think that they can't exist with, you know, an intellectual mm -hmm. rational point of view or with um, sort of a grounded day-to-day -day life. Um, and so I think I kind of walked backwards into it and then looked around and was like, oh wait, like I'm a deeply spiritual person um, and it's coexisting wonderfully with all of these other parts of myself. Like it's actually not at war with any of them. Like what would happen if I yeah. just let it be? And yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. <sighs> I'm so glad we can have these conversations. Honestly, podcasting is, such a beautiful outlet for me and I'm so grateful that we got to chat and yeah can you tell us before we go what you're currently offering 
um, including the tarot maps that are coming up. Please let us know when you're ready with them. <laughs> so excited. And then also where people can find you. And I will link to all of this in the show notes as well. So if people can't remember, that's not a problem. It will be there. Beautiful. Well, you can find me online at incandescenttarot.com and on Instagram at incandescenttarot. I'm also on Facebook too, a little more chill over there. Um, and I offer one-on-one um, -on -one tarot readings. So I do those both in person here and then online through Zoom, Skype, all the usual suspects. <laughs> um, and the tarot maps will be coming out really soon. I am like, this is definitely good motivation because this is probably like 75% done. So I'm hoping to have the first one launching in the next three weeks or so. Ooh. And I also have a podcast, Open Magic, that mm -hmm. I uh, co-host with Brie Sikorsky from Tadpole Magic, who is such a gem. Um, and you can find us at uh, openmagicpodcast.com yes. and all the places where you can get your podcasts. Um, and that is just about it, I think, right now. I have a lot of fun secret plans in the works, but... Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. We we should talk because okay, I'm yes, excited. That um, sounds great. It's been so wonderful to talk Thank with you. you and to be in the podcast, and you are just such a wonderful beacon of positive oh. and complex and just wonderful energy. Thank um, you. So it's really special, um, and thanks to everyone for listening too. It's really. It's fun. This is my first podcast interview. <gasps> yes. Oh, wow. No way. Thank you so much. What an honor. I'm super excited to share this with everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.